Hello, this is Billy. Hi, Billy. This is Joey Gingola. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. You want to be on a podcast episode? <laughs> uh, sure. Depends when it is but and what I got to speak about. But <laughs> How about right now and you being awesome? Oh, well, sure. All right. Well, um, the only official exchange we've ever really had was, uh, I believe, a response to an email once upon a time. But um, I know we, we we have a mutual friend, Olivia, and uh, I love what you guys do up at Tricor. And um, yeah, it sounds like you're fighting the good fight. That's all. And I just I'm curious. I'm sure there's there's uh, there's plenty of stories and fun and excitement that go along with that. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely uh, Olivia's a great asset to Tricor and is very helpful in ideas that I have and just bringing new strategies to Tricor. So it's been just over two years that I've been here, so it's been fun. Uh, if my information is correct, you have joined insurance from like finance or something, something other like there was another, like you're in a slightly adjacent industry, like doing some high level stuff. So I came from CUNA Mutual Group, which has a brand of True Stage that sells um, mainly life insurance and AD&D to credit union members. Okay. Um, and then they have an auto and home that sells uh, direct to consumer through um, Liberty Mutual and um, insurance contracts. Um, so I ran and developed the True Stage brand um, from fairly nothing and developed over their analytics, their direct mail uh, world, and then develop their digital strategy and go-to-market plan for that brand. Yeah, I remember hearing, yeah, maybe credit union, that was, so it's kind of finance? I don't know, maybe I made that up, but that's that sounds, was it, was it challenging at all? I mean, was it, uh, it, I guess, what was, you know, kind of the thing with building that from nothing to, to where it is, to what it was, and um, as far as... You yeah, because it's not it's not Super. the most exciting thing or the most receptive thing that you kind of get when you try and do something new. No, super super challenging, right? And selling insurance is challenging in itself. Yeah. Um, I will tell you, selling direct to consumer is even more challenging. Um, there's, you know, the media tells you that everybody's buying online, but in reality, it's it's a super subset of people that will buy specific products online. So you really have to know your target customer to market to the right people. Um, so we we really did a lot of soul searching on who the target customer was in order to get the, um, so I led the creative services team in developing and copying messaging and branding and and then all the fun stuff of regulation that comes with it. We're in a highly regulated environment and you can't just say what you want um, and be creative. <laughs> it has to be true. Um, really super challenging to build a brand um, in a really competitive environment, but really complex and noisy. It's really, really noisy, right? Geico spends more money than Pepsi on advertising, and, and their message is basically just price. 
Um, and it's hard, it's hard to compete with that because it gets in every consumer's mind. How dare you insinuate that the media might be misleading us, Billy Joe? <laughs> they really are. I keep telling people that retail all of 2018 only had 14% of sales online. That was, that was the official number came out. I'm like, so it's not online killing. It's growing, but it's not killing uh, brick and mortar. <laughs> so, Look at data. <laughs> right, this is like probably one of my favorite topics of all time. So since you brought it up, I think we're just going to have to go with it for a few. Um, what, what, where do you sit? Like, what do you think? I mean, where do you think the whole online thing is going? What's the timeline that you expect? And what I think most importantly do you think is the, is the big missing piece that has that number at only 14% still? I think, um, so there's, there's a lot that goes into it. You have to think about the, the generational demographics right now that we have. We have two, three, two very large groups and, and one stuck in the middle that isn't as large, which is the boomers. They're, they're sort of getting over that hump of actually having purchasing power. They're not buying as much. They're downsizing. They're, mm -hmm. Um, going away from needing more things, but you have Gen X that's kind of in that middle, but they're not, they're not as big. They don't have as much purchase power as, as millennials. And then you have this millennial set that they're actually not like the boomers where they, they like to purchase things. They are more of an experience demographic. They want the experience of things with less consumer good type things. So it's when I have a background in retail as well, that's where a lot of my analytics and data come from. Um, and, and there's looking at that, it's knowing this, this new generation and even Gen Z, they're, they're not as, it's not as important to them to have the big house, to have the multiple cars. It's more important for them to experience things. So they're giving up on in nice houses and they're giving up on nice cars. So um, I think that some of what's happening, but we also, there's a psychological thing, right? People like to buy from people. So what you see online is they might give you a try, but one thing goes wrong and they're done. Yeah. There, there's not a connection. There's not a human interact. You are, you, brands have lost the human side to them. Yeah because there's not it's there's not a face to face same thing with what people do on social media all the time you always see somebody comment that they would never say in person <laughs> via social media right it's it's the same thing people are different when there's there's not a human connection involved um so typically what you see you know what we saw on the direct consumer side is is the people that weren't as financially strong were the ones that bought online because mm -hmm. the, the only thing they really had to look at based on the assets that they owned was price. It's, it's really what they could afford. Um, and you really didn't see, you know, even our top auto and home people, we would be able, we would get to order online. Their average household income was 25,000 or less. Um, so you, you, there's a definite divide based on what you own, how complex of what you own, are you running a business, all of that, where there's a cutoff of if I'm willing to do that online. So I think that's 
there's a big, big, big human factor in that. What will be interesting in the next, I would say not even in five years, but 10 years is um, I've been reading up a lot about 5G and how that will change a lot of the virtual reality um, connection. You know, today we have go to meetings where you can meet up, you can talk, and there's a little bit of video, but will 5G change that into feeling like you're sitting in the chair across my desk? Um, and will that not fully replace that human interaction, but it'll, it'll be a completely different experience. If it doesn't cook our brains first, right, Billy Joe? Right. If, if robots don't take over the world and, you know, there's, there's just so much good that, um, automation can do for us in an industry, but if we don't plan for it, it's going to hinder us. You know, if, if there's not a strategy of, yes, I want to automate this, this, and this, but I want to make sure this human factor stays in this customer experience um, section and we don't plan for it, it, it will happen to us and probably not in the way we want it to. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I have mixed feelings on the 5G thing and just from uh, are we are we, uh, are we doing everything that we can to make sure it's like responsible at the moment, but that's an entirely different podcast, uh, I would imagine. Right, exactly. Um, it's happening to us right now. Yeah. It, it's not, there's not a strategy to, is it the right thing? Is it is it coming to us in the right way? You know, what are the things um, well, that we're working on? Yeah, I mean, well, because... That's what that's what has me interested, and I've I've always you know this whole insure tech movement. It's always been focused around, hey, we're gonna put the thing that really is the least, you know, like the last like kind of footnote of a traditional insurance process up front, and say, here, we want to give you a number, and we think that solves everything. You know, get get a quote, right? Whatever. Right. Oh, that's great, fantastic, problem solved. Let's all go home. You know, um, and um, and that's always always been strange, right? And it's that experience that we've just kind of blown past. And like you said, it's just what w- will that ever? You know, what, at what point will that catch up with what people want? And um, it's that's an interesting thought of like you said, like how how in depth, how robust, how kind of immersive does it need to be for that to to go away, or you know, whatever to that not be a concern to increase that fourteen percent? I've never thought about does it need to get to the point of of like a virtual reality state. That's, that's interesting that you bring that up. Yeah, I think that'll play a factor. You know, it, humans are still smart. They'll still say, you know, I still I still know that you're maybe a robot. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny listening to robocalls right now because I can tell even my own kids when they pick up our phone, they're like, I can't quite tell if that's a robot or if that's a real person. So you'll hear him ask to say, to try to trip it up if it is a robot, <laughs> yeah. to say a weird question. And if they're like, I'm sorry, then, they're like, then they'll hang up. Like it's, it's interesting how, you know, everything's in a testing phase for that in, in the next, you know, five years. And it'll just, it'll get better. But how, how much better does it need to get to move the needle is really the question. Yeah, well, and I've always, and again, like I said, I've I've constantly been just searching for this in my own personal, you know, kind of mission in life. Is but it's you know, I I I think at the moment, like with what we currently have available, I'm curious of your thoughts. It's we just haven't put out enough of that information for people to get more comfortable, right? To where you know mm-hmm. they could know a lot more about us and feel more comfortable. To where you lessen that concern and or you know that that 
ability for them to you know question how far are they willing to go through this process or you know, have that connection built and that's the thing that i think at least where we currently sit is the one thing that is certainly not being capitalized on nearly enough right I, the foundation of you know everything even amazon's doing is they're really super good at data data analytics and predictive analytics it's getting the data right so that it flows between you know, think of all the businesses. It's Amazon's not a lot different than independent agents. They they're the face, they're the brand. Everything comes through them, and underneath is a bunch of different businesses. Oh, so excited! You know, continue. Yes, I'm very excited that you brought this up. Yes. Yeah, and it's um, it's not it's not that much different. They're just getting the experience right. Right. Yeah. It's we we were we're working on some data stuff from our AMS system and. How do we get this more clean and anything worse than no data is bad data, right, is, is my philosophy. And um, being able to just analyze this data, it's, a, it's just really unfortunate how it just doesn't flow between carriers and IVANs and AMS. And, and the data is all there. It's just, it's just a mess. <laughs> Well, yeah, that, well, that's, I mean, that's what brought us together the first time is, you know, just, you know, you're coming into the industry, you know, being a couple years in, you're just, you're, I would say for lack of a better term, I'm putting words in your mouth, but your astonishment at the, the level of difficulty that is required for us to try and at least improve that in any way. Right. Um, oh, it's unbelievable. And yeah. uh, I mean, is if, it, is if it, this was retail, you, it would have been out of business long ago <laughs> because it, there, there is because the industry is complex and a, a consumer can't always figure out themselves yeah. what to do, what to buy is really what is helping that. If it were retail, you would be out of business. If, if you can't flow money, if you can't flow data from phones to inventory from between brands, between all of that, it's you're just done <laughs> yeah it's just the the one thing that i've always kind of come back to and just boiling it down like this it just at no point does it serve anybody better i guess well i mean it might serve the people at the top it might serve some like one very small fraction of the pie better but ultimately i would still even argue that that perceived betterness is really just you know you know preventing everybody from getting much further than where they are now and it's it's lack of looking at it true customer experience no matter what business and true. it's just end to end how does that need to flow you know and retail actually did does well at that you know it they don't and i was just talking to olivia the other day about this that you know you you don't walk into a dick sporting goods buy nike and then nike's the only person after that that wants to talk to you it's it's Dick Sporting Goods, right? Nike sells through them. They don't take that data. They don't talk through you like, oh, hey, I saw you buy from Dick Sporting Goods. Why don't you buy direct from us? It's they've thought through that process, and you know I think the industry we're in right now isn't taking that step. You know, we have carriers trying to talk to them without any agency logos. It's just really confusing if you look in the shoes of a typical consumer that's why they don't know the difference between yes. agencies and carriers yeah is it's not there's not a clear hierarchy for them to understand like 
oh, if I want to buy a Chevy, I have to go here and that's how it works. I get it. it it's it's really like, oh, no, for a while, you know, we'll work with these people and then over here you'll work here. And it, it's just super confusing for them. And I, I don't think we're doing enough conversation around what should we really be building? What's the best for the customer? Right. And that's, I don't, I can't remember if I was having a conversation with somebody who it was or, or whatever, but at some point in time, I was like, you know, everyone keeps talking about, you know, the middleman's going away. The internet's removing the middleman. I was thinking, but the, the, the person that owns the internet right now outside of Google is Amazon and they're just a bigger, better middleman, you know, to some, I mean, that's, that's yeah. I mean, that's, you know, a majority of their business, they sell other people's stuff. They've obviously since been able to diversify and, you know, offer their own products yep. and stuff, but ultimately it's, everybody in the world wants to sell their stuff through them. And it's because of that experience. And, um, and that's the, that's the one thing that I was just like, I don't know, again, like you said, like they're, they've just gotten really good at that. And, uh, again, uh, you know, they're, they're just, you're communicating with them and not necessarily with the companies that they sell or the brands that they sell. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that means about anything, but it's just one of those things that you think of, like, you know, again, back to the, what the media tells you is the middleman's going away. But ultimately, if you if you look, and I don't have any data here, like to kind of back that up, but you know, you look at the one that is dominating the most, and they've just simply made a better middleman. Correct. They're not doing anything revolutionary. They just they just thought through the process and made it easy. People will always change and do different things if it saves them time and it's more convenient. Yeah. Bottom line, they will they will change in any which way and. Amazon has this perception, or it did for a while, that they were even cheaper. And typically, they're not. They're more <laughs> expensive, but people will pay for convenience, yeah. and they will pay for time savings. Yeah. What does that look like in insurance to you? What do you think? Like, what are some of the thoughts that you've kind of put around that? I, I think, you know, I think online will have a place for self-service of things. It will have... Um, to some sales maybe adding that, but I think there's always this advisory spot that we need to strive for because I don't see the regulations of different products and services making them be, hey, you all have to be the same. Like, like you you can go on Amazon and buy Charm, you know, Charmin toilet paper, and it's pretty much the same from anywhere you buy. Um, but it's that that's not in the insurance industry. So I think in the next 20 years at least that that is the hiccup that will keep it as we need we need to have that advisory person you know i see people sometimes complain about the middleman in in car sales right well yeah. if you really think about it if the middleman wasn't there some of the big car makers wouldn't be held accountable to recalls right because it's the it's the middleman that's saying hey I'm seeing an uptick in these kinds of service type things. I think you have a problem and they're able to report that. And then the car makers are held accountable to, yes, we need to look into that. We will take care of it and need to do what we do. It's more of the, how do we in this, in this time get a better industry brand out there? Honestly, you know, Amazon created an industry brand, not a retail brand. You know, they're not, they're not going to stay just selling retail type things because there's, there's little profit margin in that they're building 
an engine (laughs) to sell multiple things that has an experience and it builds, it has brand equity in it. Well, I mean, thanks for bringing the apocalypse to our front doorstep here so soon, Billy Joe. But uh, yes, uh, that's probably a very real thing, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't know that it'll be insurance. It, it might be healthcare first. It might mm-hmm. be, you know, but I, 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 re, I do, you know, I think you could hear Bezos talk about I'm building an engine. I'm not building a retail company. Um, and he is, and he's the only, the only thing that could put him down really is customer service. Because at the end of the day, you can own a restaurant and the food is amazing, but if you have really bad waitress and wait staff and people won't come and they'll only tolerate it for a little while. So you ha- it's a recipe. You got to have the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I'm feeling a little depressed now. Um what do you think, what do you think our unique advantage is though? Like, what are you excited about? You know, again, being relatively fresh, like kind of coming in with, with fresher eyes than most of us, like where, where do you see the biggest untapped advantage that might kind of hedge a lot of this off? It's, it's getting the story out there about the advisory, right? So, um, financial advisors sort of went through the same thing. I would say, 10, 10 years ago where all these in, insure techs came through and was like, no, we can create this platform where you don't need somebody to pick your um, investments. The computer can do it for you. And they kind of came out and did a good job of saying, you know, everybody's information is unique and you need somebody that truly understands. Yeah, we might use a system to do it, but to truly understand and have that advisory the problem is that industry needs to get that story out because the story everybody's hearing over and over and over is price, which is making an assumption that everything's the same. Well, that's, um, yeah, that's very true. Um, that is frustrating. How, how would you, have you, have you given any thought to kind of waging war against the price battle? I, I have. I've I've honestly started with writing um, senators and just different things around the marketing of what they're getting away with. So you can't, in a prescription ad, you have to tell all the things that are the disadvantages about choosing that brand, right? You have to tell what are the, the bad things. You have to tell what are just different things like that. Well, why why are they only able to say it's car insurance and it's this cost. That's not the same type of regulation. So what you're looking for is uh, some side effects also uh, include death really is what you want. Yeah. On the insurance level. Or, you know, you have to say that in the side effects is because not every formula is the same, right? right? Even if you get the knockoff brands, that that formula does the same thing, but it's slightly different than other brands. Um, so I think it's starting with why why is their marketing not regulated in the same way as other industries? Um, you could you could say the same thing for um, you know the the dairy industry. I would I would have went after the marketing of soy milk. Well, the definition of milk is already established by the dairy industry and soy is 
does that meet that? Well, how could they use milk? Because in a consumer's mind, if it's milk, it's milk, right? Yeah. Um, so I think it, it's a place to start. It's um, I've also been writing senators and such around, you know, what what is the plan for data privacy? Because, you know, there's zero regulation on that. And Google has no regulation where small and medium-sized businesses just, they can't play in that digital realm with the cost that's there. Um, so there's a huge economic impact that only the big companies can afford all the great keywords, all the great placement and um, display banners and video and all of that, that people don't understand how that works. Um, so Google is just out there like winning, winning the world on profit because they can set their own rules on it. And what does the data privacy look like with that? I, I think people would would like to pay and want a personalized experience. Don't show me ads about baby diapers when I don't have kids. I don't. I mean, it's just irrelevant to me. Or um, I would want to see what are my choices in buying shampoo, or you know, what are what are those differentiation and value of different brands that that could be good using data and, and all that analytics behind the scenes. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, do you think it'll work? Um, you never know. <laughs> it's a big one. It's, yeah. it's, but if you don't put something that somebody isn't an expert in, in front of them, they'll never know. So it's, it's, a place to start. It's a place to talk about. Um, is it highest priority? I don't know. Um, but it's just putting it out there as, as thought leadership from an yeah. in, in industry that they're not experts in. Yeah, I've never, honestly, I've never even thought about that. Like, should, is there a little more responsibility in, in uh, distinguishing the difference between, you know, what they're claiming insurance is because I mean, that's one of the biggest things you hear over and over again. If you spend any time on, you know, different, a handful of different insurance, you know, groups, it's always about, you know, the different, you know, gaps in coverage and what they're not getting and how they have no idea and how it takes them, um, you know, how it takes something bad happening for them to realize, uh, and just the lack of awareness. Uh, but is that opportunity though, for us to exploit that? Is that reasonable for us to expect, you know, the average, agent or agency would have the capabilities of executing on, on that exploitation? It's a big one, like I said, but I mean, I would, and ho hoping there's other um, <clears throat> bigger, what's the right word, bigger um, companies or organizations or nonprofits out there that are also looking for that best interest in the consumer and um, in what they're purchasing and how they're purchasing it. Because you know, it happened forever with prescription medication where they didn't have to do that. And it took yeah. people coming to the table and saying, uh, I'm getting side effects that I was never told about. And it came ordinary people to say, this is what's going on. Um, insurance is, is has a con for that because it's not every day you have a claim. 
so you really don't know what you have until you have a claim, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, again, same ramifications, right? I mean, it's probably the same percentage too. Well, maybe a little less, but I'm, you know, the people that actually do have claims that experience that side effect, if you will, um, you know, it's, it's probably a very small portion, but again, it's, if it happens, it's one of the most impactful things that you might ever experience in your life, at least financially. Um, so it's probably, it's probably a big deal a little bit. Absolutely. And I think that's when, people tend to come back and say, okay, maybe I shouldn't be the expert in this and I shouldn't be making decisions. I should find somebody, but they're, they're also looking for transparency in that sale. Like educate me what I'm buying. Cause I don't want to feel like I'm just being told to buy something that I don't need. Right. They're going to have that guard up. Um, every single person does. It, it doesn't matter. It's just, our whole culture is just built that way. And it, it, it's, it's having that educational and transparency um, going through, hey, these are your options. You know, I was talking about, I would love that every year you're, you know, just like in your healthcare and you, from your doctor, you're, you get these sort of health assessments, like you're in the red, you're in the yellow, you're in the green, you know, you're able to really bring it to a level that a consumer can can just digest and, and give them a insurance health screening. Like, yeah. I, I really think you should have, you know, X, Y, Z, and you have this coverage, and I think you should be here. So you're, you're a little bit in the yellow, but I know we're going to work towards it. You know, that's, that's the experience I believe people are looking for and able to digest because you know, when you sit down with agents, sometimes they they use um, a lot of agents, a lot of insurancey words, and it, it's just scary <laughs> for others. So, yeah, the more you can build that experience to break it down to a digestible and comprehensible way, um, better trust you're going to have in it. And I, I think people get afraid, like I'm giving away all my my great knowledge, oh. and it's they're not even <laughs> yeah. They're digesting it, but they're th- they're more using it to build trust with you yeah. than they are to take it and go buy something. You know, remember that people will do anything to save time and money, <laughs> or to save time and um, and money. So it's 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 a, just a different thought process with it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, your expertise and knowledge is like dumping a can of Coke on the driveway and just watching a bunch of ants flock to it, right? That's just all it is. And then it's just making it obvious for them this is a tasty treat that they want to, you know, do more with. Um, what I, I got to know, what's the what's the thing that you're most kind of excited about in, in kind of all of that, like in your current insurance reality, like kind of what's available to you, like that you're, you're actually able to execute on um, that kind of is helping take those, those first steps in that direction? Um, so I, although my background's brand and marketing, because of the highly complex industry we work in, I have had a lot of experience uh, building technology to make things easier to get better data. Um, so in the next one to three years, I think it'll be getting the right, not the shiny objects, but the right technology in here to move the needle on some customer experience. Um, So there's things we can do with technology and without 
to build an experience because our culture is begging for it right now. You know, they know they can call somewhere and they can get insurance today and it's cheap, but they're begging for call me, be proactive in communicating with me. You don't have to call me every day, but just just act like you care. Yeah. And 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 they'll be there forever. You know, they're just there's begging for that type of experience because they they get it in other industries, you know. We're not always fighting against the insurance world. We're fighting against are the industries that are building and performing customer experiences people want, and now they're expecting it in other industries. Those other industries always got to go and make us look bad, you know. Um, <laughs> um, it's all right. tough. I, I, you know, retail is always typically, you know, ahead in driving that type of experience. But I tell you, in working in retail, it's it's relentless. It's constant innovating, constant changing. And, and I think this industry can use a little bit of that, but it's yeah. a little motivation. Yup. <laughs> well, so speaking of that motivation, uh, last question, Billy Joe, and I'm, I'm curious of where you're going to take this. So speaking of the reality, where do you think if you had, if you had the ability to create your perfect insurance world, you know, in, you know, five years or whatever, you know, today or whatever, like what are some of the biggest impedances? I think that's the right word to kind of make that a reality. Uh, data flow for sure. Data and being able to analyze data, um, fast enough, proactively enough. Um, and it's, it's, how it comes in, it's where it sits, it's the consistency in the system, it's sending it to carriers and having it come back in with conditional logic, with, you know, just having some of that automation with data, um, huge hindrance. I mean, just being exposed to industries that just get data right uh, it's huge in hindrance to actually seeing what's going on underneath the hood. 